What's up, family? Pastor Chris here with you for another episode of Meet the Family. This week, I am in Austin, Texas with Pastor Shadrick Bell. Just finished up a service down here, and uh, yeah, it's just great to be here and be with you, man. Excited to rock it, man. Yeah, so as you may or may not know if you've been with us, um, the goal of this podcast is to help you, our family, meet more people in our Every Nation family, more pastors and leaders, hear their heart and what God is doing in our broader Every Nation family. And so, uh, like I said this week, with Pastor Shad, he is the lead pastor of Family Life Austin, a new church plant down here, and just amazing things happening down here, man. Yeah, so thank you for having me on. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I love your pastor, his wife, I love you all's church. Got a chance to visit you guys and look forward to coming back there soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, start out. Let's just tell us about your family, where you grew up, how you got to Austin, and uh, yeah, what God's done in your life along the way. Yeah. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, the Houston, Texas, the the king of the South, the city, you know, <laughs> like we like to say. So I grew up there, played football there, had the opportunity to move up to Central Texas, a small town in between Austin and San Antonio called San Marcos, Texas, where I went to Texas State University had an opportunity to play football there, and through some traumatic <laughs> events, me not being able to play with some physical ailments and different things, the people who were there who really loved me were not necessarily my teammates, although they did and other things. It was a group of Christians who were part of this Every Nation family who reached out to me, loved me, led me to the Lord, was reconciled there, and it was from that moment that my affections for the Lord began to grow. Um, led a small group that didn't turn out to be so small for a man. In about four weeks, it got up to about 50 guys, and we saw just wow. a small revival just break out on our campus. And it was during that time I actually went into campus ministry and did that for obviously probably about nine years or so, nine going on to 10 years. And it was also during that time period that God began on, to put on my heart to really plant a church right here in the downtown and central Austin area. And so at that moment, we got a chance to move up to our sister church in Northwest Austin, which is Mosaic, underneath the leadership of Pastor Morgan Stevens. Did pretty much a three-year internship, and for some odd reason, they thought I was called to plant a church. <laughs> um, and so they sent us out, and ever since then, we've been rocking it. So I have, obviously, my parents who are back in Houston, along with my brother and sister, and throughout that time period, too, as well, at the Texas State campus, I met my now wife and so um it's just her and i um no kids no dogs no nope. pets so i'm not as stressed as you with your four kids man <laughs> it's blessed not stressed That's what they say. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um <laughs> your account of how we met yes yes Hot tub. our our relationship <laughs> where where to come from what's um yeah yeah, so years ago, Chris was crazy enough to join this Every Nation family or was seeking if it was something that he wanted to do. And him and I got close in a hot tub. <laughs> That's all I can say. Not too many details about what all happened in that hot tub. You know what I'm saying? But oh, it was Lord there. We had made a little hot chocolate. You were the milk. I was the chocolate. And there we talked about ministry, life. And really, I mean, we sat out there for a few hours. And it was yeah. then that our bond and connection got close. Yeah. And... Um, ever since then, I've not only been friend to him and Bree, but Uncle Shaddy to the girls. Yes. So it's been cool. And it just seems for some odd reason in November, this is a time where either I'm up in Oregon or he's here. So yeah. hopefully this is a consistent thing that we're going to yes. make happen. It's a good habit. Yeah. A good habit. Yeah. And for for me, man, like you were my first 
every nation friend outside of Corvallis. And those, that was my local church. So I didn't think of them as every nation friends, yeah. but, and then that summer after we met in May in Austin, Texas of 2010, yeah. then we were at MPD school together for campus ministry, rolling around Nashville in the little Ford Ranger. And, uh, right. you know, had you come out to Oregon a few times and it's just been a very encouraging relationship uh, for me and being able to even have you as a, a friend and co-pastor to talk through, you know, just the stuff we deal with in yeah. the world. And over the last years, as we've been establishing our churches, like there's certain things that I am not equipped to handle on my own and you always being a brother coming and even loving our family and having conversations with our church through a lot of the racial injustices and stuff that were happening and just loving and caring for us and being a part of that. Like, I just appreciate your relationship with, with me, with our church. And um, this is why we do church in every nation, right? Like yeah. the, obviously the mission, but the relationships are so, so needed. And so I appreciate you for that, man. You're welcome, man. If you guys didn't know, I'm the first black person that Chris has ever seen in person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's false. That's um, nice. But false. anyway, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm second guessing <laughs> this episode now. Yeah, might man. Well break the tension, you know? Might as well break. Yeah, yeah. All that's... the black people play on a football team. In Oregon. Oh, well. Thanks for that, Shatter. Yeah. So I want to hear about uh, why Austin. Why Austin? You can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I know this is a cliche Christian answer, but honestly, God, <laughs> I really had no it's love. Good. Good <laughs> yeah, no love and real affection for Austin. I thought it was too small being from Houston. Um, I didn't think it was ultra diverse. Uh, I really saw myself in one or two places, either being in Houston or being in the Dallas area, mm. where at the time I was working for essentially a pretty big company training professional athletes. If I mentioned a name, obviously you guys would know it they're in Eugene. So, <laughs> oh, Beaver Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I saw myself there and I remember there was a church planner who was here in the central downtown Austin area. And I began to tell him about some of the things that I've just learned about in my time of being here in central Texas and what I thought would be an efficient way really to reach the city and reach mm. the college campuses. And you could tell instantly that he wasn't too of too much liking to what I was saying, probably in the moment, not by any disrespect or anything like that. It's just he had something that he wanted to do and mission. And I remember walking away from that conversation and some few months after that the Lord really spoke to me and said, well, Shad, why don't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of spurred on this crazy journey that I didn't expect and that God really began to really grow my heart for this town and this city. And I knew that he spoke through that and he spoke to me directly through some hard times and through some pains. And then um, some of you guys may have know of Pastor Jim LaFoon and Pastor Jim Critcher. They lovingly affirmed those things without me asking, <laughs> just decided to tell me through some prophetic words. You know? And, you know, it, that's really what just spurred it on. But I, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm a pretty competitive guy <laughs> um, in light of your message about not being so competitive today. And I believe like when God tells me something, we're supposed to act. Um, I do believe that delayed obedience is still disobedience. It's good. Yeah. And I remember sitting down near the college campus working on a sermon, um, one of the college campuses that were on here in the Austin area. And I saw that there were a particular group of people and I could pretty much tell that they were Christians. And as I began to talk to this particular pastor, 
he was like, what are you doing? I told him in my heart to plant a church. And he says, oh, you want to plant a church in the downtown and urban area of Austin? He's like, that's where churches go to die. And when I heard that, something in my heart rose up to say, you know what? I want to believe and trust God that his word still stands. And whether it's hard or not, I want to be obedient to him and honor him. And if I could plant a church with my own strength and ability, it's probably not a church that I should actually be standing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I wanted to really so depend good. on the power of the Holy Spirit and the word that he gave me. And it and it fueled me in such a way because I don't want this city and this part of town to really be overlooked. And yeah. this city is one of the fastest growing cities in the United States yeah. with over 100 people moving here a day. And the number one issue that they said is that although they're moving here for family and new jobs and things that are fun, that everybody can see around the world that makes Austin quote unquote cool. They said the number one issue that people are dealing with is hopelessness. And so God really put it on my heart to say, Hey, this is how we bring hope to the hopeless, obviously with Christ. And if people are moving here to establish families and they're shaking and moving and making things happen, letting them know that the greatest mission field is where their two feet are, which is right here in the city, which is why we say the city needs what you have. So good. Yeah. There's something about, this idea of people like, oh, I wouldn't go there. That's where churches go to die. That's what they said about Eugene, too. That's what they told Pastor Simon about Portland. It's like, that's where churches I'm like, for Christians to say that, it just perplexes me. Like, then yeah. isn't that where we should be? Like, yeah. and what you said about, like, if the church is built on my own strength anyway, then it probably shouldn't be, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that, for me, has developed camaraderie with you over the years. Is It's like, we're not just going to go, like, the place that it makes the most sense. We're going to go where it's about obedience yeah. and where we desperately need a move of God for, yeah. for things to work out. And so, yeah, just thank you for being, being faithful in that, man. Yeah, man. Um, what is the most powerful move of God you've experienced personally in your time in ministry or following <laughs> Jesus? Well, I believe outside of God saving me, <laughs> you know, that's that, powerful. That, that, that is, um, I think there's a few moments that I can really boil down to i'll just mention two really quick like super quick one was on a mission trip out to monterey mexico where our every nation church is there and seeing the book of acts actually come alive Mm. in a modern day period i mean literally to the extent that we were up in this mountain (laughs) i was able to preach the gospel as people were translating and literally as we are getting ready to baptize these people the power of the Holy Spirit is falling on them. Mm. They are praying in tongues. We're seeing miracles happen. I mean, and we're not talking about just adults. We're talking about little kids. Like the power of God was hitting them before we even baptized them. They're coming out of the water, like praying in tongues, (laughs) rejoicing, crying. And literally to the extent that there was one person that their daughter had walked away from the faith, had walked away from their family. And literally as her mom is getting baptized, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, her daughter walks to the campsite. No and she literally said, I didn't even know where my mom was. She said the she said she heard the voice of God leading her to that wow. moment. And she gave her life back to Christ Dude. and got filled there. And then another moment was at our school of empowerment, which I encourage some of you guys to go to <laughs> and um, our church in Raleigh, um, North Carolina. Um, having a moment where literally we heard like rain falling down on the building and it wasn't even raining and people were coming and saying, God told us to come here. And later on that night, there was a little boy who had some type of deficiency and a tumor on his back that didn't allow him to grow for two years. We prayed for him, watched that tumor shrink on his back. And then literally a few days later, 
we got a report that his mom called and said out of nowhere he grew like a half an inch or an inch that week. So those are things that like theologically we see in the Bible, but I can't explain that. That's a reminder of me. So God saving me, seeing people get filled with the Holy Spirit, like those are things that are a reminder of me of powerful moves of God that really he exists. That's good. Yeah. So you like got saved into the Every Nation family through campus ministry, right? Yeah. And so like you didn't necessarily choose Every Nation, like God kind of chose it for you initially, but you've stayed. Yeah. You've planted as an Every Nation pastor. Like why Every Nation? Like what is it that that you love about that's keeping you around? Man, I think it really it was just the call of God. I mean, honestly, I'm just going to be honest. I I didn't want to have anything to do with Every Nation because I thought Every Nation was um, just the fruit of my now good friend, Peter Dusan, who used to get on my nerves. And he would ask me like, man, do you not like me because I'm white? I'm like, no, I don't like you because you're weird. <laughs> you keep evangelizing to me. And I'm like, I already go to church, bro. I know God. You know, but I think it was really during that time that I saw the love of God on me in a way that cha- actually changed my life. I saw young people really um, expressing their faith, yeah. worshiping God even if they didn't know anything theologically, they were telling their stories and their testimonies. And I saw the relationships that came from that. And as I grew up as a kid, I had this little children's Bible and all these people were diverse. And it was like Jesus sitting down on a rock <laughs> and all these kids were diverse. And I'm like, man, I didn't grow up like that. My neighborhood doesn't look like that. I always felt like the outcast. And while the pastor is preaching, I'm looking at my children's Bible. I feel like I jumped on the page. and I felt like Jesus said, you can come to me too. Wow. And so when I actually got to college, I saw an adult version of what I saw in that children's Bible. And God really showed me like, this is a reflection of heaven. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. And I want to help spread that. And I knew that I could actually be who I am and express myself personally in the context by which I actually live in. Mm. And so the fact that I was able to find a group of people who were like-minded in mission, but yet I got to express who I am and what I believe theologically in the ways that God has taught me, yeah. it was it was really cool to see. And, um, you know, I'm really thankful that God has given me this spiritual family to not only teach and correct me, yeah. but also that I can bring value to as well. And um, there's a there's a fervor about us, but there's also a humility. I yeah. believe that's there, too, as well. And, really good. and that's even from our relationships some deep talks and things yeah. that we've had and had to grow through too yeah. as well. Because obviously we're from the same neighborhood. Yeah, grew up same across <laughs> street from one another. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. As we kind of wind this down, what do you think is something that God is particularly gracing our church family, our churches, your church? Maybe it's a combination. Um, to to do address, bring hope and life to in our current cultural moment. Yeah, I think currently right now, everybody, whether they want to believe it or not, they are anti-Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are anti-Jesus. Um, people believe that sin doesn't exist anymore, but it is prevalent through our society. And this is not just people who don't know God. These are believers, too, as well. Yeah. And so many times when we look at the scripture, we see God actually addressing the believer <laughs> more than I personally think than just the person who doesn't know Jesus. And I think what's happening right now is that as much as we see that's going on throughout our nation, I believe that God is challenging us as believers to rethink, and this is a popular word, deconstruct our thoughts about sin, Mm. our thoughts about who we are as people. And he's challenging us and he's drawing us back unto him so that we can actually go out and reach people. 
I believe that God is really challenging us as a church. That's why we say, again, the city needs what you have. Yes. I don't care if you barely came to know Jesus five minutes ago or you've been walking with him for 50 plus years. There is something that you can give yes. to it's the good. city that people are hopeless. And I believe that he's challenging us as a church. He's challenging us as a global church um, yeah. to really pursue him once again, to pursue his heart and to pursue people. And I, I'm just living out the words of Paul. I'm trying my best that he says, I become all things to all people so that I might win some. And I can't become all things to all people by only loving some things or loving some people. So he's challenging me to love him more because everybody holds an expression of who he is yeah. in the Imago Dei. And how can I give that off to Jesus? But that's only from a place of me getting my heart back to him in ways that I just don't want to. And I think we need it now. And I think that God is separating in his loving mercy who is really willing <laughs> to follow him and who's just playing, the, you know, the games. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's what he wants. And I think it's coming from a place of humility that yeah. says, man, God, you've done this. You've done so much in my heart and in my life that the grace that you've given me, I can't just hold on. I yes. have to extend it. We have to get out our bubbles. We have to think so creatively. <laughs> like if anything, COVID didn't cause any problems. It exposed who we really are. Revealed. Yeah. And so now like the way that he wants the gospel to go forth through preaching, communication, evangelism, production, technology, mm -hmm. while we're doing this, like it's just opening up a whole new world yeah. of how we can actually touch people. And it's kind of leaving us without excuse. Yeah. And so I just feel like he's doing that in my heart and he's challenged me in ways to think outside of the box to love greater. So That's so good, man. Yeah. <sighs> Appreciate you. You're welcome, man. Yeah, man. We got there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. But the harvest is plentiful, right? Yes. Praise God for that. So yeah. uh, where can we find your church online, social media stuff? Yes. People want to be following. Yes. So you can follow us at at FamLifeATX on our Instagram. If you want to follow us, what we're doing in regards to campus ministry, it's at FamLifeU, and our website is FamilyLifeAustin.com. There we go. And so we're so thankful that you guys have allowed us to have this time. Your pastors are amazing. I'm not just saying that because they're my friends, but they're amazing, and they're worth following, and you guys are worth being on mission with Jesus Christ alongside with them so as much as you guys are following us we're following you guys too as well yeah. appreciate that brother welcome man yeah well thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back with you next time